as the will of the Lord to crush him. He, was, he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall proper, prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall a righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities.
Amen. I want to thank you guys for uh, coming tonight. Tonight is kind of a, I, I don't know, it's kind of a somber uh, service. Let me say that. It's, it's not a, um, the joyous part is Sunday, but before we can get to Sunday, Friday had to happen. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm thankful for our Lord Jesus doing what he did uh, at the cross. And so that tonight, and it's a, it's a, without the cross, we don't have victory on Sunday, uh, guys. And so, uh, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, let's, let's open with the word of prayer, and then we're going to have a couple of specials before we jump into God's word together. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, tonight that we have the opportunity and the ability to be here, Lord. And I, and I thank you, Lord, for, for what you did for us, for going to the cross and taking our sin upon yourself and paying for us. You loved us so much, you're willing to do that. And so, Lord, tonight we worship you for that without... Without the cross, there's no victory on Sunday. And so tonight, uh, Lord, we worship you for what you did uh, for us on the cross. And we think about that, and it's in our hearts tonight. And it shouldn't just be the only night of the year that we really think about this. It should be on our hearts and our minds every single day. Uh, but tonight, we focus on you, and we love you, and we thank you for doing what you did for us. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. we got a couple of specials tonight. Let's uh, start with uh, Valerie and... Uh, Ace and the, the, the team as they uh, are going to come tonight and then we have another special I believe uh, after that. Yes, okay. Break the silence, I guess. So we're audience of one. We play here every Saturday night. I'm sure all you know that at Freeway Ministries, for Freeway Ministries. And uh, thank you, Valerie. And uh, just want to say that he's not wrong about the cross, but it's not just for Sunday. It's for every day of the week. So um, let's praise the Lord. I was dead, but now I 
goodbye's not the end. Don't forget the things that I've taught you. I've gone good death and I hold the keys. Where I go, you will go to someday. There's much to do.
they, uh, they did that kind of on the fly tonight, right? They hadn't planned to do that. And I asked if anyone had any specials, and they just like, well, okay, we'll do that. Um, if you would, stand with me tonight as we read God's Word together. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Verses 45 through 56. Matthew 27, 45 through 56. It says this, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing heard this, they said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick and offered him a drink. But the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs also opened and many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, entering the holy city, and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they were terrified and said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there, watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Let's pray again together. Lord Jesus, I thank you again tonight that we're here, uh, Lord, to worship you. And I, I thank you again for what you did for us on the cross. And as we talk about why that's so important and why uh, you came and did it, we're willing to do it, Lord. We just I want to give you all the praise and all the glory tonight. And I thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm not going to keep you long uh, here this evening before we take communion, but... Um, I do want to look back tonight. Obviously, the reason why we're here is the death of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And I, ask, I want to ask you just a real simple question tonight. And most of us are going to know the answer to it. Uh, but but uh, it's why we're here. Why he would do it. Why he would do that. Why would the creator of the universe willingly go to the cross and die for us? Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus was God. And willfully went to the cross. He humbled himself by being obedient and going to the cross. No one had to force Jesus to go there. Right? No one forced him there. He went by his own. By his own. Pilate didn't send him there. The Romans didn't. Not anybody sent him there. He went by his own. He tells us that in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. He says, For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life. That I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down. And I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. So I want to make sure that we understand. That he went to the cross voluntarily. No soldiers forced him. No, not Pilate. Not the Roman governor. Jesus at any moment could have said nope. Not doing this. And, and legions of angels would have came uh, and taken him and saved him. But he didn't. But why? Why? Why would the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, 
endure the kind of suffering that Scripture tells us he went through. Why would he endure that? Well, here's some reasons tonight, and they're important that we remember. The first one is because sin has to be paid for. All throughout Scripture, it says sin has to be paid for. In the Old Testament, you can read about how atonement was made in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel. It was always a blood sacrifice. Scripture tells us that. Leviticus 17, 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. So when someone would sin, there was a sacrifice that had to be made. Why? Because God rejects sin and he takes it serious. He takes it very, very serious. It was the case in the Old Testament and it's the case today uh, for us. In the Old Testament, the, the high priest, we've been talking about this on Wednesday nights, the high priest would, would go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil in the curtain and once a year on the Day of Atonement, he would offer a blood sacrifice for the nation of Israel. So blood had to be shed in order for them to be forgiven. In Isaiah 59.2, the reason why a blood sacrifice has to be made, it's because our iniquities, it says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not hear. Because of our sin, because of our sin, there's a separation between God and man. There's a separation. So when we sin, just like they sin, we have a problem. We have a problem. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if we're honest with ourselves tonight, man has a huge problem. God has wrath and rejection on sin. Romans 1.18 tells us that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So why did Jesus go to the cross? The first reason? Because we're sinners. And sin has a punishment. Sin had to be atoned for. On the cross, the worst part, when he cries out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me or forsaken me? When he says that, it's the worst part of the whole crucifixion for Jesus. It's when our sins were being placed on him. He was made to be sin for us. He paid for our sins. The punishment for sin is death. God created earth and everything was perfect. When he got done creating man, he said it was, it was good. And when he created man, he said it was very good. But then Adam and Eve decided to disobey God's commands. And he punished them. There was a punishment. You remember the punishment? They were abandoned. They had to leave the Garden of Eden. And they were punished. They, now the earth was cursed because of sin. A good judge, I want to ask this, this tonight, a good judge, would a good judge, a righteous judge, would he let a murderer walk free with no punishment? No. No. So when we recognize that we have sinned in our life, that we violated God's command, if he's holy and just, is he going to let us walk free? No. No. Not until those sins are atoned for. Not until those sins are paid for. The punishment for sin is death. 
Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So us being good, our good works, or, or, or being a good guy in the community, those won't make up for those wrongs, those sins against God. Remember, when we sin, who we're sinning against, we're sinning against God. All of our good works are being a nice guy. Isaiah 64 says they're nothing but filthy rags to God. Because we have sinned. So if we're honest tonight, if we're honest tonight, Jesus went to the cross because we're sinners. And we deserve a punishment. We deserve a punishment for that sin. And because he's so rich in mercy and love, he paid that punishment for us. Why did he die? Why did he have to die? Because he was the perfect sacrifice. He was the perfect sacrifice. Only God in flesh that lived a perfect, sinless life could pay for everyone else's sins. The, the, in, in the Old Testament, under the sacrificial system, they had to repeatedly make sacrifices. Repeatedly, because it wasn't a perfect system. It wasn't a perfect sacrifice. Now, when Jesus dies on the cross in our passage that we read, the earth shook, the veil in the temple rips in two. That's, that's very, very important. It signifies, it means that now, through Jesus, through his once sacrifice for all of time, you can enter the presence of God through him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So on the cross, God's wrath against sin is being poured out on Jesus. He's made sin, and he dies for it. Even though he's perfect and sinless, he died for us. God's perfect son fulfilled God's perfect requirement of God's perfect law. So it brings up the question, now why, why would he do that for me? Why would he do that for you? I mean, you're telling me that God sent his son to die on a cross? That he put his sins on me? Why would he do that? That's, a, that's an amazing message. Why in the world would he do that? Love. Because he loved us. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, but God... Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. So God being rich in mercy and love, even while we're still in sin. You know what that tells me? That's good news. That means you don't have to clean yourself up in order to be saved. You don't have to jump through a whole bunch of religious hoops and say this many prayers or go this many church services or read the Bible ten times through in order to be saved. You don't have to do any of those things. You have to have faith. Come to Him in faith. That you believe in what He did for you on the cross. Last text I want to read to you is in 1 John uh, chapter 4. It's, it's uh, what we've been reading through. On Sundays. It's 1 John 4, 9 through 11. 1 John 4, 9 through 11. It says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. 
God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. So God didn't ask us to love him first. He doesn't say, read your Bible and go to church and do all those things. He died for us while we're still in sin. He was the atonement for our sin. What a love that is. I can't fathom that. My words tonight don't even do it justice. What kind of love that is. That the creator of the universe would go to the cross for me. For you. I hope you thought of that today. I hope you thought of that today. He went and he died. And and imagine if you're his disciple tonight. 2,000 years ago, Jesus has died. He's put in a grave. I think he's dead. It's over. What are we going to do now? It's Friday. Sunday's coming. The best part of this, I'm going to continue on Sunday, is the resurrection. By him rising again, it proved that he was the perfect sacrifice. It proved that he had defeated death. He proved it. That's why it's important. That's why we're here tonight. Because of what he did for us. That's why we have this service and remember it. Tonight what we're going to do, we're going to take communion. It's a very, very important Important thing. This is us remembering what the Lord Jesus did for us on the cross. It's very, very important. I don't, we don't require you to be a member uh, here at Crossbridge to, to take this. Just that you've made a public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now before we take this uh, communion tonight, before we remember Jesus' sacrifice... There is a warning in scripture that I want to read. And I read it every time before we take communion. It's in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you have weak and ill and some have died. So there's a warning before we take communion. that scripture tells us. If you have not publicly professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... I encourage you not to take communion tonight if you've never done that. Or if you're living in open sin and rebellion against God, I tell you not to take communion tonight. That's between you and God. But what I want to do for a couple of minutes is take time silently in prayer that if you need to confess sin to God, that you can do that. If, if, uh, If you need to be saved tonight, you can do that. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's salvation. You can have eternal salvation in him. Spend a couple of minutes uh, in silent prayer before we take communion tonight.
All God's people said, amen. I'm going to ask our elders if they would please come this evening. Scripture tells us that Jesus, the night before he was crucified, he sat down with his disciples, and this is what he said. It's in Matthew chapter 26. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins. And ask Denny if he would please bless the cup.
Pascal and Greenfield before we take the bread tonight, if you would please bless the bread. said, this is my body which is given for you. Take ye and eat. He took the cup. He said, this is my blood which is poured out for many. Take ye and drink. I want to say tonight also that we look back on what Christ did for us, and uh, we should today and every day, and I hope that you took some time today with your families and talked about this. Um, we set an alarm this afternoon at 3 o'clock and, uh, and, and, and remembered this, and I hope you did that today. Um, but, but here's something else that we should do. Church, we should be focused on his return. He could come back at any time, and I pray he does. I pray he comes back today because um, we, we can't imagine what he has prepared for us. And so we should be focused on his return. And because of that, that should drive us to share the truth of who he is and what he did on the cross. That return is imminent. I believe that. I don't know if it will be in my lifetime or the next lifetime, but I believe it could be any moment. And uh, even the apostles in, in scripture thought that it could be any moment. So we should be ready uh, for his return and, and look forward to that. Uh, scripture tells us that uh, they went out rejoicing and singing uh, after, they, after they took this. And, and, and this is the night before Jesus goes to the cross. They went out rejoicing. And so uh, I'm going to ask is, is Wes, I don't know if Wes stepped out. Ace, if you'd come. Uh, and, and I'm going to have him lead us in singing Amazing Grace tonight uh, as we close. So if you would stand with me. After he gets done singing, I'm going to bring Sierra up. The kids are going to have an uh, Easter egg hunt. And so after we get done singing here, all the kids are going to come up here on the stage. Uh, adults will stay in here, and she'll go over the procedures for the, the Easter egg hunt. Um, yeah, would you lead us in singing Amazing Grace? Thank you. All right. 
You may be seated. If you need to, to leave tonight, that's fine. I totally understand. I'm going to ask Miss Sierra, if you've got kiddos, you'll probably want to stick around. I'm going to ask Sierra to come up here. And you want all the kids ages what? Little ones through sixth grade. Little ones through sixth grade, come on up here. <laughs> 